E-commerce expansion myths blasted. Successful cross-border expansion help. Listen to the show to hear how one UK company is helping e-commerce sellers successfully expand into Europe and double their profits. Hosted by Andy Hooper of Global E-commerce Experts. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm back uh, for those that have just come off. We've just come off of a live content corner. And I'm now back for uh, an even more exciting, I would like to say, uh, e-commerce expand the secrets podcast. Uh, we're live on a number of different channels. So thank you for joining us wherever you're joining. Uh, I'm having absolute havoc with the lighting in this room right now um, because we've moved, as many of you will know, and the lights, we haven't quite got the blinds and everything sorted and I've got lights, I've got everything, but clearly they're not doing the job. Anyway, that is absolutely nonsense and not really what we want to hear about because we've got a guest. Whoop, whoop, we've got a guest. Uh, so, Jay, uh, we've got Jay joining us today, and I'm just going to read out a very, very quick bit about that. But, Jay, do you want to say before I do that, Jay, say hi. Hello. Thanks for having me, Andy. No problem at all. Uh, so let me, I've got an amazing bit of stuff that I've pulled together because today's guest, Jay Gibb, is a former software engineer and founder and CEO of business-to-business SaaS company, CloudSponge. Uh, together with his team, Jay has helped thousands of WooCommerce and Shopify store owners optimize their, optimize their word of mouth sales since 2010. With a unique blend of tech expertise and soft skills, Jay is an expert at helping e-commerce stores build the right features to reduce customer acquisition costs and increase sales. Welcome to the show, Jay. Uh, I love the intro. Thank you very much. That makes my Thank life you, real simple and easy. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Very well. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Good. Uh, so, Jay, uh, just for the benefit of everyone listening, where where are you based? I, I'm in Pasadena, California. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and we were just discussing actually beforehand that us Brits like to discuss the weather, and we found out that the weather is not so great in Florida today. Which, given that there is sunshine coming through the window here, I'm quite grateful for. So there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's a grey and rainy day today. Just just how I like them. Fantastic. So what we're going to do is we're going to this is going to take our usual format. We're going to get to know a bit about Jay. Uh, get to know a bit about what he does and a bit about what's going on in the future because, you know, this podcast is really aimed at, you know, giving you insights, giving you information, finding out what's going on, getting to know the characters around the e-commerce world. And, you know, when we're expanding e-commerce sellers into Europe, one of the key things that we're doing is working on um, marketplaces, but also on websites. And websites is a massive part of the what we do, and we probably don't put enough emphasis on that. So, Jay, coming from a WooCommerce and Shopify, as we've just heard, uh, we're going to dig into more details behind that, Jay, because I know you're you're big in that area, which is great. That's right. Yep. Fantastic. So, so Jay, let's. Uh, we we know you're in Florida. That's great. So, give us a little bit about perhaps where you started your career. I mean, we've we've heard that you're a software engineer. Where did that all begin for you? Uh, I guess technically when I was a kid, right? I mean, my 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 old man bought me a Commodore 64. So that kind of dates me a little bit. I, was like, I had one of those as well, so there's the good news. Yeah, yeah, like in the 80s. And, and he and I used to buy these books from the computer section of, you know, the 
the supermarket or whatever of the of the department stores and just type in basic line by line one line at a time we didn't know what we were typing all of it yeah. was just voodoo uh, but we would do it and see if it worked and, you know, run through it and see, you know, get some typos and stuff and make little things jump across the screen and stuff. So I guess if you want to know the origin story of like when I when I got into computers, right, it was, yeah. when, I was when I was probably, you know, 10 years old or something like that. Yeah. Fantastic. Have you still got a Commodore 64? Afraid not. No, it didn't make it. I do don't you know, know what I, was, I was trying to find one the other day because I, I remember my... Yeah, the number one game for me was Leapfrogger or Frogger or something along those lines. It was yep. this little frog that went across the road, and it was like revolutionary. You put it, in, your kids can't understand, can they? Do you put a tape in, and it takes half an hour for this thing to load, only for it to crash and you have to start again? Yep. Yeah. Well, we started with the cartridges, which loaded instantly, right? Those big plastic cartridges that would just plug into the back of the keyboard. Uh, and then we went to a, the five and a quarter floppy disks, which loaded faster. I never had the tape drive. I had a friend who had one, but my, we, we skipped over the tape drive in my house. Okay. Yeah. So no, I, I definitely had the tape version. So, um, I never actually got the, the cartridge in the back. That was, uh, that must've been stage two. I must missed that bit. Um, Maybe. but there we go. So, okay, great. So. So what did you do out of, uh, I mean, that obviously sparked an interest for you, didn't it? So. You, did that give you, did you then go on to college, university or college in the States and, and do that type of thing there? Yeah. Well, yeah. So we, uh, all through grade school, my, my, my dad encouraged me to take whatever computer classes were being offered in public school that I was in. Yeah. And then uh, when I, when I finished, you know, high school, then I went into a, um, I guess you would call it a community college. Yes. Um, so it was like basically like a trade school uh, for the area that I lived in. This is all, all of this is happening up in Canada, in Calgary. Uh, that's where I'm originally from. Okay, so, great. So I, I didn't, we didn't have money, right? So I just, I wanted to, I, I felt like I needed to go to school, but university was kind of out of the question. Yep. So I sort of went halfway and I did a, this trade school also probably qualifies as a community college. Uh, they had like a, basically a two-year computer programming diploma. So I, I went and I earned that. Uh, and then I just went straight into the workforce from there. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. nice. And, and what, what was your first, what was that first role then? First job out, out of school? Yeah. I worked, it was I worked for a smart card company, actually. So um, it's this really small company, kind of like a family-owned, uh, self-funded business. Uh, and they were building payment systems that used smart cards. Um, and so like the kind of chip cards where the money is actually on the card. If you lose the card, you lose the money, right? So it's not just yeah. an ID to identify your bank account, similar to what we have now with the chips that are on Visa cards and MasterCards. Yes. These cards were, the money is actually on the card, right? And so it was like almost like a bearer instrument that was digitized. Yeah. Um, that must very, be quite visionary at the time. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think so, right? I mean, it's still not really a thing that we're seeing much of, right? Yeah. It, it, we, it is it is useful in certain situations where cash is impractical, right? Yeah. So, for example, um, one, one, one implementation of this in the wild is on uh, military 
vessels like cruise ships, like aircraft carriers and stuff, right? Where they've got they've got soldiers that need to have time off, and for the for that time off, they've got little like arcades and casinos and stuff where they can yeah. they can go play games, uh, yeah. but they don't want to. They don't want to be dealing with coins and cash and, you know, because then the, the arcade machines just fill up with quarters and they've been down that road and they don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And so in that case, it's really useful to have something that can be totally offline that's not necessarily connected to the Internet or any, any kind of banking system, like a closed system, uh, but also that's cashless. Right. And so uh, those are some situations. That's an example of a situation where it's useful still, but still not. it's not really practical for like you know, wide consumer adoption, I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. But my role back then out of school, back to your question was, I was the software developer that was building the operating system on the smart card accepting device. So when you when you put a smart card into a slot, yeah. there's pins that, that, you know, connect to it and read from it and communicate with the card. And it was my job to write the software sort of on those on the operating system, on the device, in the firmware that was going to basically, you know, do the transactions on the card. Nice. Okay. Fantastic. And how long was you there to start off with? Uh, at that company or that, that like, that industry? Yeah, in the company, that first part of the role. Yeah, probably a couple of years, year and a half, yeah. two years, something like that. Yeah. And then they, then they were acquired by a company down here in California which is how I actually ended up being able to immigrate from Canada to California, right? The company that I worked for was acquired by a company here in Los Angeles. Um, and they, just as much as the intellectual property, they also wanted to have the staff because, you know, we had a pretty unique skill set, me and the people that I worked with. Like, it's not something you can just put a job posting and find somebody who knows how to, you know, uh, write that kind of software. It's really rare, right? So they acquired all, you know, us as an aqua hire, basically. Uh, and that's, that's how I ended up moving down to, to, to the United States. Fantastic. So that's, that's what you got. And, and have you left since? No, I've been here ever since. I mean, I moved around in California, I went up to Silicon Valley for a while and, and, and you know, took, uh, took, took that roller coaster ride of the dot com boom back in 99, 2000, 2001 kind of time frame. Yep. Um, and, and now I'm back down in, in Los Angeles, uh, raising a family. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, so let's, uh, let's, let's go through some of those because I don't want to go through every single job history. It's not an interview after all, a uh, job interview. Uh, but uh, what I'd love to know is, is over those few years before you got to CloudSponge, you know, what was your sort of highlights and takeaways? What, you know, what was the key things you sort of did during that journey that sort of got you to where you started CloudSponge? Um, I, well, I think there's just kind of like taking on more, uh, more responsibility every time it was offered, right? So I ended up, you know, yeah. started off as a programmer and then ended up leading some, you know, architecture work and eventually managing and hiring people and doing, you know, sales and, you know, kind of going up that chain and, and not boxing myself into just being a programmer eventually got me positioned in a way where I kind of understood how to start a business and how to do kind of like, you know, do marketing and sales and, yeah. uh, you know, build, 
build something that people actually wanted and all that kind of stuff that is sort of, um, you know, outside of just, you know, the, 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 the sort of engineering role. Right. So yeah. I don't know if that's like a specific answer to what you're looking for, but yeah, yeah. you know, overall the theme for me has always been to say, say yes, basically to every, every opportunity to, to expand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So, uh, so where did the idea for cloud sponge come? Well, it, it, we started off building um, something totally different, and what eventually became CloudSponge was just a feature of a bigger idea, right? And as as we went down this path of building a this specific feature, uh, we just acknowledged that it was really hard, and and we noticed that there was a lot of other people that that wanted it, uh, and so. We, we ended up just pivoting from the, the sort of the bigger idea that where this was just a feature to actually just like launching this one thing as a, as a company all on its own or as a as sort of a product led product led organization. Uh, just just because, you know, I feel like it's a universally useful tool or f- function that pretty much every website should have. Uh, and so the, the market for it is you know, it was really wide. And so we decided to to just spin it off and, and make a company out of just this one, this one product. Fantastic. The amount of people I talk to that they say, well, we didn't start off doing this, but, <laughs> and off it goes in, in another tangent. I love that because you have yep. this, you know, whenever you start a business, you have this pre-planned idea of, well, this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to do it and this is where we're going. And a year later, you're doing something completely opposite. And I'm not saying you did something completely opposite, but, you know, it's just one of those things as you talk to business owners that, you you know, so many people say, well, you need a business plan when you go into the business. Yeah, I get all that. I get that. Um, The reality is you need to go in and work out what the market needs um, and understand the market. So I love that, that it was a spin-off and, you know, that was just how it came about. So, so let's talk about it. So tell me about you. Know, what, who does cloud sponge really sort of serve? What is it, what is it there to do and solve? Yeah. The easiest way to start that discussion is to try to illustrate sort of where does our product fit in a website? Cause otherwise, yep. if you don't know that, then it's kind of hard to, make sense of the rest of it. And the, the easiest way to think about it is that it's one button. It's literally one button that can exist in a few different places on your site, like an e-commerce site, for example. Yep. And it's the button that has the little address book icon, right? So you've got an icon yep. um, that, or some, you know, instead of an icon, maybe it says like, you know, add from address book or select from your contact or something that has to do with your address book. And when users engage with that button, when they click on it or they tap on it on their phone, it brings up a, a menu of the different places on the internet where people store their contacts. So Google contacts, Yahoo mail contacts, outlook.com contacts, office 365 contacts in America, like AOL. And then in many countries, the AOL equivalents, right? So our job is to integrate with all those different places and to provide a unified way for end users, the people that are on your website, to be able to load their contacts in in the browser on the website that they're on and then interact with their their own address book, right? And that's 
there's obviously a lot more to it. I could talk for hours about sort of all the nuances and intricacies, but that's the way to frame it in your mind is that it's like just that one thing that you can put, let's say you've already got a referral program or you've already got a wish list feature, like a gift registry, right? Yeah. And you want to let your users share that with as many people as possible, right? Yeah. Probably right now, you've got one, if you don't have CloudSponge, you've got one of two things. You've probably got a mail to link or just a field where you're expecting somebody to type in email addresses, comma separated list of email addresses one by one, right? Um, and both of those don't really work very well. Both of those are probably not performing that well. Mail to link, you kind of lose track of the user. You lose track of what they're doing. You have no control over the message. You, you know, you don't, it's not convenient for sending to lots of people. Like if you've got a, something that you're trying to get people to share with 20 of their friends, going back and clicking that mail to link over and over again, or putting everybody into the BCC field, like all these things have trade-offs and they're not great, right? Yep. Uh, and then obviously the other one where you're asking somebody to type in a comma separated list of email addresses, most people, you're gonna lose them, right? They're not gonna type them. They're not gonna have their friend's email addresses memorized. Um, so you're gonna, they're gonna have to go to a different tab or a different window or a different device and type it. And if they're on a mobile device, it's even more difficult. Uh, and so, our whole company is is basically just not like focused on that one problem, right? Like how do we make more people type in email addresses into these fields? And the answer is an address book button, add from address book and they click it, they select the one they want, they give permission to, for our software to read their contacts and then they can just select check boxes, search for people, they stay right there inside the website. And then when they're done, that field is just populated with everything that they wanted from their address book and then they can move forward. Right. And so that's how we earn this, like double the performance of your existing word of mouth features is yeah. literally by adding that one button, all the, whatever features you currently have on your site, they're all going to at least double, maybe triple in performance. Wow. Okay. So that's so you know, as a brand or e-commerce owner and, and presumably that could be for as little as a contact form on a website, I guess. But obviously for our, the people we're talking to, it's about e-commerce. So whether that be carts, you know, all those sort of things are going to be a massive um, benefit, I guess, to, to sellers to be able to speed up the ability for people to buy quickly. And the quicker people can buy, the better. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, but we don't get involved in the actual like purchasing process. This is no. this is more of just for the virality and, and the... Yeah word of mouth spreading by word of mouth and and sort of the you know so you're going to be you the nice thing about it the place where it gets really closely connected to sales yeah. is that most of the time when you have a, a a customer somebody that's on your website and and they're using their address book to to spread the word to share a coupon or to share a gift registry with all of their guests at a party or uh, they're, you know, sending out a referral program thing, like a double-sided referral program of some kind, right? Yeah. The people on the receiving end of that are going to convert better than your ordinary, like, you know, Facebook acquisition channel or your Instagram acquisition channel, because they're actually receiving a message about your store from somebody they know and somebody they trust, okay. right? It's yes. like, it's basically like a curated invitation 
to come and buy something from this store. And so the conversion rate for that audience is much higher than, you know, just like cold people off, you know, off of like an influencer channel or something like that. Do you see that the ones that are win better? Is there like a you know, tips and tricks? Like, you know, like you said, a coupon from a minute ago, you know, is by having a coupon or a discount code a great way of introducing that? Or is it just about the ability to be able to just share something easily with your contacts? That's the most important part, not necessarily having an offer attached to it or anything else. I think the offer comes first, right? The offer is really important. Otherwise, you're sort of, regardless of whether or not you have a contact picker, like from CloudSponge or, you know, something else, um, if you don't have an offer, then you're kind of just relying on your user's affection for your brand or your product, which is probably, if you have a really great product and a good price and they know somebody that really wants that thing, uh, you'll probably get that share, right? but I, you know, the the offer is important, right? Especially yeah. if it's a if it's a if it's the kind of product that encourages repeat purchasing, something that's consumable or something where you you know you've already got a pattern of customers that are repeat customers, right? Yeah. Then giving them a way to earn a discount on their next purchase by referring friends is kind of important it's very important yeah. it's pretty pretty standard i would say right yeah uh, and then the other side of it is you know being able to to send a discount to your friends like a coupon or something like that um is another thing to try right and it probably wouldn't no, doesn't necessarily work for every store but i think it works for most e-commerce stores right where you've got mm-hmm. some kind of program where you can say listen you've already just purchased something from me now you know, send a discount to as many people as you can. And if, you know, anybody that buys something, we're going to give you a discount on your next order, right? Yeah. Or if you get five people to buy something, then we're going to give you something for free, which is what we refer to as a milestone referral program, right? Where there's like a tiered list of rewards that you get for the number of referrals that you've successfully made, right? Yeah. Um, And so I I would say that, yeah, both sides of that, uh, it's important to start with the offer. And then once you've got that and you've kind of got that base, that foundation built and you're using some referral program uh, software, either off the shelf or custom made, uh, then the way to take it to the next level is to add something like a, uh, the CloudSponge contact picker to make it perform better, right? Yep. And so, you know, a typical e-commerce brand, you know, what sort of results would they see? What sort of differences you know they start using cloud sponge what what sort of difference will they see you know perhaps in on day one you know, month three and month six or something you know what sort of what does that look like yeah so you know we have some aggregated numbers it's hard for us to get really specific numbers from our from each of our customers but we do have some aggregated numbers that i can share and what what, what we've seen is that uh when somebody adds that button that I described, the, like the the, ad, the address book, add from your address yeah. book button to a field, like let's say just for example, like for a referral program, which is kind of our most common place where we live is, is like an accelerator for referral programs that are already working, right? Um, the all, Of all the people that interact with that form, only five to 10% of them are gonna actually click on the address book button, 
right? The majority of the people that use that form are still going to prefer to type an email address, right? Yeah. But the five to 10 people that click that button and use their address book will generate 50% of the referrals that are sent, right? Wow. Okay. Because each of them is able to send five or 10 or 20, right? They're able to actually like conveniently select contacts from the contact picker, right? And the people that don't do that, and maybe they don't do it because they don't understand it or they don't trust it and it's a privacy thing and they just would never do that. And there's certain people that just won't share their contacts, right? Which I, I don't blame them, right? That That's yep. that's totally fine. Um, and so those guys, you know, they'll have the patience to type in one person they know or maybe two. And, and there's probably a pretty high abandonment for those people that where they get to the form and they end up not actually, you know, finishing it. Yeah. Um, and so that that'll still happen, right? But those, you know, those few that do it that really want those rewards, that really want to send that discount, that really want to earn to, you know, get to that next milestone and get that reward, they, those people who use their address books are going to generate more than half of your referrals most of the time. Wow. Okay, that's great, fantastic. So, so the last thing we sort of move on to is where you perhaps see e-commerce over the next few months what you saw insights have you got from your data your knowledge your your network if you like of you know what's going on right now what what do you see as the biggest issues you what things are you seeing as possible solutions what are you seeing uh, as um, potentially trends you know what what's working from a Shopify WooCommerce point of view right now? Um, and I know we're putting you on the spot slightly on some of that, but any insight you've got that would be valuable to to our listeners would be would be super useful because I know that for some of them this is almost the most important part. You know what's you know, what insights are people sharing that people want to know of right now? You know one of the themes that that we've noticed at CloudSponge just in terms of our our sales conversations that are happening and our customer uh, customer success stuff, like just in general, the inbound questions that we get yeah. is that uh, there's a theme right now or, or a, um, a pattern that we're noticing all about um, mailing list or newsletter referral programs where, you know, if you think mo- most e-commerce businesses, I don't care what platform you're using, right? Shopify or WooCommerce or BigCommerce or Magento or whatever you're using. Yeah. One of the things that you probably have, and if you don't, you probably wish you had, is a mailing list. It's basically a list of all your customers uh, so that you can send them emails occasionally about your new products, your new, you know, your promos, your Black Friday stuff or whatever, right? Most of these e-commerce companies have a mailing list. Uh, And I think most of them, there's a direct correlation between emails sent to their mailing list and sales in their store, right? Where they've got a big mailing list and they blast out every Tuesday. They probably see a little uptick in sales every Tuesday, right? And I think everybody listening here probably relates to that. And so what we've noticed is people trying to use a referral program not not necessarily inside their e-commerce store, but just for the mailing list, right? Where you, in other words, where you're trying to get the people that are on your mailing list to get their friends onto the mailing list, and then you know that eventually you'll be able to, you know, sell something to those people. 
And, and so uh, we've seen um, basically these milestone referral programs that have different kinds of uh, perks for getting your friends on a mailing list. So, you know, get, you get five of your friends to subscribe to the mailing list and we'll send you some stickers or get 25 of your friends to subscribe to the mailing list and we'll send you uh, a hoodie or some, something that, you know, you have a lot of that is, you know, sort of a, an introduction to the brand, right? Yeah. And you're rewarding somebody for doing something that's important to your business, but it's, it's, it's a, a whole layer above the store itself in the funnel. Right. Yeah. And, and, um, and some of those, some of these guys are doing crazy rewards, right. They'll every couple times a year, you know, they'll, they'll offer something huge, like a, you know, a $3,000 MacBook pro. Right. Yep. Be like, yeah. And the, all you need to do to win this map MacBook pro is, is get the most out of everybody that we have, get, be the one who gets the most people onto the mailing list. Right. Yep. And, and then indirectly they know that, the size of their mailing list is proportional to the, the number of sales that their store does. So growing the mailing list ultimately helps them do more sales, right? Yeah. And that's interesting because one of the things that we have in our success, we have a success pathway and how to expand sellers successfully or brands successfully into Europe. And one of the things we talk about on websites is about building list building, Dream 100, utilizing your network and all those sort of things you've just said, which is, which is absolutely perfect. So, for sellers that are, you know, thinking about what they're doing, where they're going, how to build their list, I think there's some great tips right there. And using something like Cloud Sponge is going to be absolutely perfect for you. I think that all of those your ways and abilities to build your list, build your uh, brand are absolutely critical, especially if we start thinking more holistically when we talk about when we're working on a marketplace, we're building our brand on a website, how does the brand expand and building a list and all those things are absolutely critical. So that's fantastic. That's a great little insight. I think everyone should be, should be able to take on and start thinking about because that newsletter, that piece about how you build a list is absolutely critical to your success, especially when you launch a new product as well. Absolutely key. So, Jay, look, we're coming to the end. Uh, thank you very, very much for your time. Uh, before we finish, though, um, you know, if people want to get in contact with you, you know, last sort of last sort of pitch, if you like, around CloudSponge, because you for e-commerce brands listening to this, I'm telling you now, this is something you need. All right. This is something that we would look at as part of the success pathway as being a great addition to your website. But that, that's coming from me and I'm not pitching it and I'm not selling it. So, Jay, over to you. You know, last sort of piece from you. Two things. Pitch about Cloud Sponge, why they should use it. And secondly, how to get in contact with you. Okay. Yeah, sure. So uh, the way to get in contact, we're, we're, we're going to make a landing page for your audience on the CloudSponge site. So they'll be able to go to cloudsponge.com slash G-E-E. Uh, and that will have the pitch and the contact methods. The, you know, what I suggest everybody does is a very low uh, um, impact activity is just when you get to that page, download our workbook. It's basically a checklist. Uh, allows you to kind of do a teardown of your own e-commerce store and evaluate your word of mouth features to make sure you're being exhaustive. And then each of the features that you do have is, you know, properly uh, configured and optimized. 
So it's the workbook will do that for free. And then uh, once you get through that, you can put yourself on my calendar or the calendar of one of our, somebody from our customer success team. And we'll, we'll just work with you for half an hour and do a teardown of your site with you and look almost like go through the workbook together, right? And, and, and look at it and make suggestions and provide some insights and opportunities for your specific situation, right? So that's, that's our gift to your, to your audience. And we're happy to, Happy to do that all day long. Uh, we love we love talking to people and looking at their stores and trying to find ways to help out with word of mouth. Fantastic. I love that. That's great. Uh, I would definitely recommend everyone does that. Um, that is by far the best way of doing it. And, you know, when we were looking at the, you know, you're getting Jay on, we were looking at different things. And, and I know that one of the, some of the guys from our team, I'm pretty sure, downloaded that work and got some great tips from it. I think that's a great opportunity for people to get involved with Jay, speak to Jay and his team about CloudSponge, how it can support your expansion, whether that be to Europe, US, but overall your expansion of your e-commerce brand worldwide, because that's going to be absolutely critical. Jay, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, we appreciate it. And we know that our listeners would have got a huge amount from that. And people who are looking to expand, absolutely critical. So thank you for your time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's it from us. This was the e-commerce expanded secrets with Jay Gibb from CloudSponge, uh, helping sellers to expand, build their lists, and uh, get more customers on their e-commerce stores. Thanks very much for your time. And we'll see you on the next episode of the e-commerce expanded secrets very, very soon. Thank you very much. Bye.